0: Determined Carlo snatch last gasp victory to cement semi-final place. Article by Kieran Murphy. The score: Carlo two goals and twelve points. Wexford two goals and eleven points. Carlo made it two NFL Division Four wins on the trot to cement their place at the top of the table in this shortened league competition because of the COVID-19 crisis. With London unable to take their place in the league Carlo could only do what was put in front and that was to win both their games in the group. They did this with a degree of panache and with this last gas victory over their Wexford visitors in Netwatch Cullen Park on Saturday they displayed a willingness to battle and a never-say-die attitude which saw them ground out a victory which did not look likely early in the second half. It was dramatic stuff. Going into injury time, they trailed by a point. Carlo worked the ball to John Murphy, who stroked over the equaliser. They would have settled for a draw at that point, but when Wexford failed to kick the ball past the 20-metre line from the resultant kick-off, Foley secured possession. He looked to be boxed in, but he engineered space for himself, and his effort flew just inside the right-hand upright at the scoreboard end of the ground. While Carlo can take the credit for persevering to the end, Wexford will feel they snatched defeat from the jaws of victory, as a win would have seen themselves and Carlo go through at Waterford's expense. One wonders how it ever came to this at the end. From the start, Carlo looked as if they were going to make it two comfortable wins in the division. Chris Blake pointed on five minutes and a sweeping move out of defence saw Jordan Morrissey come in from the right and shoot low to the bottom left-hand corner of the net. Paul Broderick followed up with a free and a 45 to leave the home side one goal and three points to nil in front after 16 minutes. A long-range point from Tom Byrne got Wexford off the mark and they dominated for the remainder of the half. The visitors created three goal chances but none were taken. Robbie Brooks, in particular, saw his point-blank effort late in the half go wide, while Carlo's only score in the second quarter was a 45 from Foley. At half-time, the Barrowsiders held a shaky-looking one goal and four points to six-point advantage. Into the bargain, they had Jordan Morrissey black-carded on 29 minutes. From the second-half throw-in, it only took Wexford one minute to level the game and substitute John Turbot scored from play. On his return to the fray, Morrissey restored Carlow's lead, but it was short-lived. In the space of a few minutes, the Carlow defence was prized open on two occasions when Sean Nolan ran through and rattled the Carlow net with a well-struck effort. While Foley replied with a point from play at the tunnel end of the ground, Liam Coleman took a pass from Nolan. Once again, Carlo were undone, and now they were in trouble. At two different stages in the second period, Carlo had to play with only 14 players. John Murphy saw black on 50 minutes, while James McGrath spent the last 10 minutes of normal time warming the bench too. Despite the setbacks, The home side displayed little angst as they went about their task. Broderick pointed from play and Foley landed a free to leave only three between them. Mark Rossiter and Broderick exchanged frees and the latter followed up with another from play. The Wexford goal scorer Sean Nolan restored the three-point gap. It was end-to-end stuff. Then Carlo struck and Sean Gannon rose high to deflect a long delivery into the back of the Wexford net. Shortly after this, the Barrowsiders had a goal disallowed when referee Fergal Smith ruled Jamie Clark had thrown rather than passed the ball to Jordan Morrissey, who hit the net with a thunderbolt from the 20-metre line. That moment looked to be a turning point as Wexford hit back for that lead point. Carlo quenched any self-doubts they might have had and squeezed just that little bit harder to secure an exciting and confidence-boosting victory. And the teams... Carlo. Kieran Cunningham, Jordan Lowry, Shane Redmond, Liam Roberts, Sean Gannon, one goal, John Murphy, one point, Josh Moore, Owen Ruth, Dara Foley, four points, two from freeze, Jordan Morrissey, one goal and one point, Shane Clark, Connor Doyle, Chris Blake, one point, Paul Broderick, five points, two freeze, 145, Cormac Mullins. The subs Colum Hulton for Doyle, 25 minutes. James McGrath for Blake, 54 minutes. Sean Bambrick for Mullins, 54 minutes. Tomás Kenny for Morrissey, 69 minutes. Shane O'Neill for Broderick, 69 minutes. Wexford team. Dara Brooks, Owen Porter, Martin O'Connor, 1 point. Conor Carty, Porrick Hughes, Gavin Sheehan, Brian Malone, Liam Coleman, 1 goal. Niall Hughes, Tom Byrne, 3 points. Sean Nolan, 1 goal and 1 point. Kevin O'Grady, Mark Rossiter, three points from Freeze. Robbie Brooks, Ben Brosnan, one point. Subs, John Turbot, one point for Brooks, half time. Dahi Waters for Hughes, sixty two minutes. Sean Ryan, one point for Rossiter, sixty five minutes. John Dunn for Nolan, sixty nine minutes. And the referee, Fergal Smith from Offaly. Littlewoods Ireland Camogie Division Three. Group 2. Late goals crown second half display and book a last four place for Carlo. Article by Kieran Murphy. The score, Carlo 2 goals and 17 points, Clare 2 goals and 8 points. It may have taken a little while to settle, but Carlo eventually ran out comfortable winners of this Division 3 Group 2 Camogie League game at the Carlo GAA Training Centre on Saturday. Even though they had the edge in the first half, the eventual winners always looked edgy, and the flow which you associated with this team in their previous two games was absent. What they had in abundance was a willingness to battle and a work rate which was tying them over nicely when they struggled in other areas. Sarah Lucknan nudged Clare in front with an early free, and Eleanor Tracy equalised in kind on six minutes. From play, Rachel Sawyer, Eve Sinnott and Kira Quirk all raised white flags, while Lochnan was the visitors' go-to player in the half. Even though she knocked over two points, Carlo still led seven points to three at the water break. There has been much debate about the effect this interruption has on teams who have momentum. If they ever do a study on this aspect of the game, which was initiated by the pandemic, then this game is a good example Carlo floundered on the resumption. In the space of two minutes, the game was turned on its head, when Lochnan and Kira Halpin scored a goal apiece. Eleanor Tracy's free stalled the fight back, but Clare still had the last word of the half when Lochnan converted another free. It was a worried Carlo side who trailed two goals and four points to eight points when the halftime whistle blew. The early stages of the second half was a copy of the late stages of the first period. The same two players traded frees, while Sinead Power increased the Clare advantage when she flashed over a point. There was still a level of anxiety in the Carlow effort, but slowly but surely they began to play without that fear that had been apparent for long spells. Quirk added another point, and Tracy was on the mark with three successfully taken frees. With darting runs down the middle and towards the Fenna end of the ground, Rachel Sawyer was also giving the Clare defence plenty to think about. Points each side of the water break put Carlo in control. All they needed now was to avoid further mishaps while keeping the pressure on the opposition. When Tracy floated a ball into the edge of the big square, neither friend nor foe got a touch on the slitter, which went all the way to the net. That was a game clincher. Eve Sinnott scored another three-pointer which ensured Carlo topped the group on points difference from Limerick. In the league semi-final, they now face Armagh, who finished second to Wexford in the Group 1 table. This is set to take place on the 12th of June, at a venue still to be announced. The teams Carlo Chantelle Kelly Kiva Collins Neve Canavan Shannon Kavna Emma Cody Mairead O'Shea Rebecca Sheehan Eleanor Tracy, one goal and nine points, one goal and seven points from Freeze. Kira Kavna, Kiva Cody, one point. Rachel Sawyer, three points. Anna Breen, Eve Sinnott, one goal and one point. Kira Quirk, three points. Ali Cushion. Subs Aoife Carroll for C. Kavna, half time. Catherine Kavna for Murphy, half time. Emma Coogan for Cushion, 46 minutes. And the Clare team? Joanne O'Gorman, Rebecca Crow, Katie O'Flanagan, Dana Considine, Eva Griffin, Alicia Malone, Kira O'Dell, Kiva Kelly, Neve Mulqueen, Kate O'Gorman one point, Eva o Kira Halpin one goal, Sinead O'Keefe one point, Sarah Lucknan one goal and four points, four points from frees, Sinead Power one point, and the subs. Nevo O'Gorman, one point, for Odell, 44 minutes. Siobhan Lenehan for Power, 45 minutes. Olivia Phelan for K.O. Gorman, 45 minutes. Referee Bernard Heaney from Meath. Games and supporters to return. Carlo GAA has released a comprehensive list of fixtures which will be the platform to restart a new club season. The 2020 Senior Football Championship was at the semi-final stage last year when the restrictions kicked in and all GAA club fair was halted. The semi-finals involving Palatine and Rathvilly and reigning champions Aero and Mount Leinster Rangers are now scheduled to take place on the first weekend of August with the final throwing in a week later. The intermediate Balnebrana vs. Kildavan Clonigall and Junior A Finals, Tin Ryland and St. Patrick's, will take place on Saturday, July the 31st, while there are also plans in place which will see last year's Junior B and C Championships completed. On the hurling front, the 2021 Bulger Cup competitions will throw in on Tuesday the 8th of June. With seven clubs playing a round-robin format, the final between the two top teams is scheduled to take place on July the 27th. There are five teams in the Bulger Shield, and again a round-robin format will see a final between the top two going ahead on July the 12th. The 2021 football leagues are scheduled to start on Friday, June the 12th, including a tasty SFL 1 appetiser, between Palatine and era Oag at Parque Vrien at 7.30pm. There are two groups of four with the top team from each group playing a league final decider on Friday the 2nd of July. Requests from Tin Ryland that they be allowed to play their second team in the SFL2 competition was granted and they will be joined by St. Patrick's first team in that division. A comprehensive blueprint of all games in the league's were due out yesterday, Monday. The senior hurling first round action takes place on the weekend of the 8th of August, continuing on to a semi-final and final similar as in 2020. The junior and intermediate championship will be run off around the same time as the senior fair. Once the hurling championship is finished, the 2021 football club championships will start. John Macdonald, the Carlo GAA fixtures secretary, is delighted to see club players back on the field and says they are looking forward to playing in the leagues and championships. From next week, 200 spectators will be allowed in. Everyone is happy to get back into it. People are looking forward to it and the players have been training for nearly a month now in anticipation of the league and championship games starting, he said. Meanwhile, a full fixture list of the outstanding underage championship semifinals and finals from 2020 has been released, while clubs will be informed in the coming weeks about the 2021 football and hurling fixtures. Carlo underage teams have also been entered in the Kilkenny Hurling League, and these games are due to throw in next week too. Athletics High performances from O'Toole's AC Athletics coming out of lockdown. Mary Peters Track Belfast Milers Meet Just the four St. Lawrence O'Toole athletes travelled up to Belfast on Saturday for the Irish Milers, which saw some fantastic races, as many Irish athletes sought Olympic qualifications. First of our athletes up was Molly Scott in the a 100 meter race, up against some of the fastest sprinters in Ireland. Molly showed her dominance to take the win in 11.91. Molly has had an outstanding season thus far qualifying for the 2022 World Championships in Eugene, Oregon in the 4x100 metres. Plenty more to come this season from Molly. Molly Scott opened her outdoor season last Monday the 24th of May with a solid run over the 100 metres at the Tilburg meeting in Holland running a time of 11.82 in very cold, blustery conditions. Then it was on to London on Wednesday last for the Lee Valley Open, where she improved her time with 11.75 over the 100 metres. Maria Dunn was up next, first track race in under two years, and what a way to open her outdoor season with a PB of 2.22.10. Maria no doubt will be seeking that sub 2.20 this year. Next up was Aaron Shorten, who lined up in a very hot 800 metre race. Aaron, who has had two races already this year, showed today how important those were. Running a season's best, and not far off his best 800 metres, running one fifty four fifty three, Putting himself into nice shape now, and as a club, looking forward to what he does next. Corinne Kenny, third of our athletes up, again in a very tough 800 metres, clocked 2.25.33. Plenty more to come from Corinne this season, who has an absolute outstanding PB of 2.12, and will no doubt get back down closer to that in the coming months. Again, congrats to everyone who travelled to Belfast to compete. After a 56 second 400 metres last weekend in Basel, Simone Lawler from Saint Lawrence Tool Club stepped up in distance to 800 meters to place third in an incredible 2:08.75 yesterday in Milan Meet, Zurich, one of the fastest times recorded by a Saint Lawrence Tool athlete in a long time. Simone's next stop will be in Zuffingen next weekend, where the Olympic standard is well within her reach. Other O'Toole's chasing European qualifying standards are Matthew Callan and Keenan under 23 pole vault and Alan Miley under 20 400 meters hurdles. Lawler wins 200 meters in impressive style. Carlos Marcus Lawler was also in action at the Belfast Irish Milers meet. Now running for the Clonliffe Harriers club Lawler turned in an impressive performance win, pulling away in a time of 20.99. It was also a weekend to remember for the St. Albans Club. Ruth Millett set a stadium record in the long jump, with a legal jump of 6.32 metres. She also jumped 6.43, but the wind was over the limit for that leap to count. Her training partner, Sarah Buggy, also had a personal best in the triple jump. Her jump of 13.52 metres was just 9 centimetres off an Irish record. In the men's 1500 metres, Brian Kelly set a club record of 3.49, while in the same race, 16-year-old Jack Fenlon ran a brilliant 4.03. Nisha Kettle, Stephen Hunter and Will Kelly also ran good races. In the 400 metres, Owen Buggy ran 49.42.